Your Excellency, Archbishop Gregory, Monsignor Watkins, Reverend Monsignors and Fathers, so many of you, you who have had a wonderful history with this parish, Fra James Michael and the members of the Order of Malta, our distinguished guests, parishioners, alumni, family, supporters, and friends of St. Anne's Parish. It is an extraordinary honor to gather with you this morning as we celebrate the sesquicentennial, the 150th anniversary of this parish. We are exceedingly, extraordinarily blessed by Almighty God to be here today. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. What a beautiful refrain and a fitting acclamation on this day as we have come into this place. That song refrain is taken from the processional songs of the people of Israel. And it reminds us of the significance of the temple to the people of God. In the Old Testament, we are reminded that God himself reminded he did not need a temple. But when the time arrived for a temple to be constructed, we find that on two occasions, with Solomon and with Ezra and Nehemiah, with the first temple and the rebuilt temple after the exile, God required that nothing be spared in the construction and the adornment of the temple. Why is that? Because the temple was the place where God willed that his people would come together and experience the might and the power of his glory. The temple was where his people would come together and to offer themselves in adoration and in praise. And so the new Israel, the church, when she emerged from the catacombs and when she was able to receive and to construct her own temples, the church embraced, received from her elder brothers and sisters in the faith, this dedication and this commitment to the temple. And so we are in this place, built of stones and glass, filled with signs and symbols of all that is holy and sacred. This place erected unto the greater glory of God. This place which becomes the house of God and is the house of God, not in a mere symbolic fashion, but because God himself, the incarnate word, our blessed Lord, resides in this place. 
this temple sacred unto God because of this altar where his sacrifice represented by that crucifix is offered for you and for me, for our salvation. This temple reminds us that the people of God are the family of God and so we are surrounded by the angels who join us in our adoration and praise and by the great cloud of witnesses, the saints of God, who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith, who gather around us and who pray for us. And in this place, this church, this temple, dedicated to Saint Anne, the mother of our blessed mother, the grandmother of our blessed Lord, what greater reminders do we have that we belong to the family of God, that the family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Anne and Joachim are with us in this place. The beautiful Pieta, the mercy of Jesus, the love of the sorrowful mother, reminding us of the love that Jesus has for us. So indeed, we are rejoicing today as we have come into this place. But the celebration today is not only of the temple, but it is of the people who have made these last 150 years possible. Today, we honor those on whose shoulders we stand. Today we remember Anne Green. Perhaps we see something of the tenacity of the widow in the gospel today as she petitioned the good Jesuits of Georgetown and they generously heard her cry and heard her plea and helped to establish this community of faith. Today, we remember the early pastors who built and struggled and worked to make this community of faith a living example of the power and the mercy of God. Today, we celebrate the great vision of Father Collins, who boldly erected this church at the intersection of Nebraska and Wisconsin so that all might know that the Catholic community of Tinley Town was alive, was filled with vigor, with verb and vim for proclaiming the faith as it has been handed on to us from the apostles. Today we celebrate each and every one of you who has been a part of this tradition, who has been a part of this family of faith. You who have come to this place to be baptized, you who have come to this place to be confirmed, you who have come to this place to, to be nourished by the body and blood of Jesus our Savior, you who have come to this place when you were sick and when you were healthy, you who have come to this place with laughter and with tears, you who have come to this place to greet each other in faith, who have come to this place to bid farewell to your mothers and fathers, your grandparents, your, ch your children, and your friends. Today we celebrate each and every one of you. 
And as we honor the 150 years that have gone before us, we are also reminded that today there is a challenge and there is a charge. Because today's celebration does not only look backwards over the last 150 years, but it requires us to look ahead. For this family of faith continues to celebrate, continues to profess, continues to proclaim. In the second reading, St. Paul speaking to St. Timothy has words that are most appropriate to us today. Beloved, he says to us, remain faithful to what you have learned and believed because you know from whom you have learned it. This is our challenge today to remain faithful. He goes on to say, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus. Proclaim the word. Be persistent, whether it is inconvenient or convenient. Convince, reprimand, and encourage through all patience and teaching. That is a powerful charge given to Paul by Timothy and given to us by the saints. It is difficult today to proclaim the faith. It is difficult at times to even publicly identify ourselves. We all know that we are living through extraordinarily painful times. There are times when the crises that we experience, when the troubles that we encounter, when the jeers and the sneers of those who do not understand overwhelm us, there are times when this charge and this challenge seems almost impossible to live. But here in this place, for 150 years, throughout the troubles and the crises that have come, the people of St. Anne's have done what St. Paul has asked St. Timothy to do, and you and I are capable of doing it, doing the same. But how do we do it? How do we get through? How do we proclaim now that it is truly inconvenient and not as convenient as it may have been before? The first reading and the gospel remind us of essential elements to that proclamation of faith today. In the gospel, that beautiful widow reminds us of our dependence upon God no matter how difficult things get. She had a need and she went to the one who could respond and she was persistent in her prayer. You and I, in the midst of the needs that we have today, individually and as a church, we must be persistent in our prayer in our prayer for the church, in our prayer for our families, in our prayer for those among whom we circulate. Like the widow, we must never give up because this parable reminds us that God has already answered our prayers and he is calling us to persistence. And the first reading reminds us that none of us can do this alone. Even Moses, the great Moses, the liberator of his people, who continued to shepherd his flock, though he would not cross into the promised land, Moses couldn't do it alone. Moses had gotten old and his arms were getting weak, and as they dropped, 
the battle was lost. But when Aaron and her stood by Moses on either side and held up his arms, the people of God were victorious. We, as a people of faith, we, as members of the church, must always remember that like Aaron and her, we must support Moses. That our shepherds and the flock need each other to stand together, to surround each other with love, with prayer, with sacrifice, and with support. For 150 years, this has been done at St. Anne's, and now the challenge is to make sure that it continues to be done. At the conclusion of the gospel, our blessed Lord raises a question. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith upon this earth? You know, Jesus never asks a question that he doesn't already have the answer to. Thus, the question is not raised for him to figure it out, but through it, he makes a statement. What is the statement that our Lord makes with this question? You see, one of the things we know is that when the Son of Man returns, he will find religion on earth. He'll find some of it among us, and he'll find a lot of it in other places. But will he find faith? Will he find people who are willing and able to sacrifice themselves wholly, fully, and completely in love of him and in love for each other? Will he find men and women, boys and girls, who are capable and willing of professing their faith in Jesus, their love for Jesus, and their willingness to suffer and die? When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in you and in me? The beauty of the question is that not only does our Lord already know the answer, but he has also given to us the capacity to make sure that the answer is yes. His grace his love, his promise. And so, if you and I have heard, and if you and I have been encouraged and, and inspired by the 150 years of faith that has been lived here at St. Anne's, there is no doubt that when the Son of Man returns, he will find in this place people rejoicing as they come into the house of the Lord to celebrate the great gift of faith, of hope, and of love that has come to us through the grandson of St. Anne.
our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ.